0: Um, I would love to speak to anybody here today who is haunted by their past, maybe you've made mistakes in the past and you wish you could unmake them. Uh, anybody who would love to blot out your track record and you wish you could go back and rewind and do it all again, I'd love to speak to you if you had that sense, that if you could just press undo, that would be so good. If that is you today, then um, we have very good news in the Bible. I want to talk to you about the Day of Atonement atonement this idea that you could have it covered over by God you could have it wiped clean and if it's not you today and you think well I'm not that bad well, um, I haven't done anything that bad uh, well there will be people living all around you in the world who wish wish that they could wipe the slate clean and start again so if only for their sake why not listen carefully but let's pray together Father God, we pray that you would please help us. Please speak to us about atonement today, about having our slate wiped clean. And we long to know more about that. Fill in the detail and the colour, we pray. And give us joy, in Jesus' name. Amen. So many of you will have a Bible. So would you like to turn to Leviticus chapter 16? That's on page 118, Leviticus chapter 16. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron who died when they approached the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark or else he will die for I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. This is how Aaron is to enter the most holy place. He must first bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body He is to tie the linen sash round him and put on the linen turban. These are the sacred garments. So he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. From the Israelite community, he is to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering and to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to cast lots for the two goats. One lot, for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household and he is to slaughter the bull for his own sin offering. He is to take a censer full of burning coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and take them behind the curtain. He is to put the incense on the fire before the Lord and the smoke of the incense will conceal the atonement cover above the tablets of the covenant law so that he will not die. He is to take some of the bull's blood and with his finger sprinkle it on the front of the atonement cover. Then he shall sprinkle some of it with his finger seven times before the atonement cover. He shall then slaughter the goat for the sin offering for the people and take its blood behind the curtain and do with it as he did with the bull's blood. He shall sprinkle it on the atonement cover and in front of it. In this way he will make atonement for the most holy place because of the uncleanness and rebellion of the Israelites, whatever their sins have been. He is to do the same for the tent of meeting, which is among them in the midst of their uncleanness. No one is to be in the tent of meeting from the time Aaron goes in to make atonement in the most holy place until he comes out, having made atonement for himself, his household, and the whole community of Israel. Then he shall come out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. He shall take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on all the horns of the altar. He shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times to cleanse it and and consecrate it from the uncleanness of the Israelites. When Aaron is finished, making atonement for the most holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall bring forward the live goat. He is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all their sins to a remote place, and the man shall release it in the wilderness. Then Aaron is to go into the tent of meeting and take off the linen garments he put on before he entered the most holy place and he is to leave them there. He shall bathe himself with water in the sanctuary area and put on his ordinary garments. Then he shall come out and sacrifice the burnt offering for himself and the burnt offering for the people to make atonement for himself and for the people. He shall also burn the fat of the sin offering on the altar. The man who releases the goat as a scapegoat must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. Afterwards he may come into the camp. The bull and the goat for the sin offerings whose blood was brought into the most holy place to make atonement must be taken outside the camp. Their hides, flesh and intestines are to be burned. The man who burns them must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. Afterwards he may come into the camp. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. On the 10th day of the 7th month You must deny yourselves and not do any work, whether native-born or a foreigner residing among you. Because on this day, atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. It is a day of Sabbath rest and you must deny yourselves. It is a lasting ordinance. The priest who is anointed and ordained to succeed his father as high priest is to make atonement. He is to put on the sacred linen garments and make atonement for the most holy place, for the tent of meeting and the altar and for the priests and all the members of the community. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. Atonement is to be made once a year for all the sins of the Israelites. And it was done as the Lord commanded Moses. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God the local primary school, I've noticed they have this system for rewarding the kids when they've been good <clears throat> and encouraging the naughty kids to do a bit better. So, they, I didn't have this at primary school, maybe some of you did, but they've got cards and you can, you're in like this neutral state, but then if you're good, you go bronze, silver, gold. And you can go to gold if, you, if you've done a really good week and then you get a little sticker at the end of the week if you're on gold. And yet, you can also go on to orange and red. And uh, it seems to, in the classes I've seen, it seems to work quite well. You, you don't want to be the kid on orange, you really don't want to be the kid on red, that means you've been very naughty. And yet, the thing is, certainly in the school I've seen, uh, you get to Friday afternoon and it's all forgotten. Teacher goes home, you go home, come back on Monday morning, everything's been reset and everyone's back to neutral again. So, in a lovely way, if you've had a bad week as a kid, not on red anymore on Monday morning you've got a fresh start wouldn't it be amazing if if life was like that if you if you could genuinely just have this fresh start or if the people that I've wronged if they could just forget about it if the stupid things that I've done could just be forgotten wouldn't that be amazing well this this day of atonement is about that God is offering his people a fresh start once once a year so in Israel once a year I'm going to forget about all the stuff you know you've done I'm going to cover over all the stuff that you don't even know you've done but you've done and we'll call it the day of atonement we've been doing this deep dive on the book of Leviticus and this is the fifth out of the seventh episode that we're, we're taking in and I want to say to you today if you want to dwell with God you must have atonement you must it's this repeated word in Leviticus the covering over the wiping away of your uncleanness To dwell with God, you must have atonement. And I want to show you two things today. Uh, They're on your sermon sheet, if you would like to follow. Uh, Israel had an annual day of atonement. And secondly, Christians have a one-time day of atonement. Okay, so we're just trying to do two two movements, Old Testament New Testament. Israel had an annual day of atonement, and Christians have have a one-time day of atonement. If you want a, a, a useful verse to summarize Leviticus 16, I think... Chapter 16, verse 30 is a good one. On this day, atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then, before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. See, it's got, the, it's got atonement, it's got on this day, it's got being clean from all your sins. And look, I've been looking forward to this sermon, this, this service together, it's a, it's a special moment, because we're in the central section of Leviticus, and as we saw last week, that's actually the central book in the first five books of the Bible, that's like number three out of five, and I'm persuaded that Leviticus broadly divides into three sections. If you read through, you get these summaries where he's, he, he, the, the writer is rounding off what he's already said, and I'm persuaded that, that, he, that you get that three times, there, there are three main sections, I've put them there on your sheet, Leviticus 1 to 7. That's when the offerings get invited. That's the big five that we spoke about. Leviticus 8 to 16, that's, that's where we're t- finishing up today. That's where the offerings are inaugurated. Remember Nadab and Abihu, they made their big mistake. They died, they were the priests. Then you get some seemingly random hygiene laws, but they were showing the meticulous care that was needed if you wanted to draw near to God. And now we're getting to the atonement that's provided in chapter 16. I think chapters eight to 16, they do hang together. You get the reference to Nadab and Abihu which binds it all together. You get a sort of summary at the end of chapter 16. So I think that this is the central movement in the book of Leviticus. And we're at the climactic sacrifice. And then next week we'll start on verses 17 to 27. And that's like the third and final movement in Leviticus. That's talking about how then shall we live. Suffice to say, right now, here today, we're in the heart of the book. The biggest ritual described in the whole book is about to get described. We're going to go into the most holy place, as it were, and then we're going to go right out into the wilderness, along with the goat. We talked about the big five sacrifices in Leviticus, but this is this is this is the giant one. This is the the sacrifice to end all sacrifices. It sort of binds everything together. It happens once a year. Ready? So sort I of feel like we're treading on holy ground. So I, I'm cautious but excited. Okay, so firstly, Israel had an annual day of atonement. I've put an outline on your sermon sheet. It begins with a solemn warning from God because Moses is told, say to Aaron, the high priest, he is not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain. What they're talking about is its called the tabernacle or the tent of meeting. I've kind of referred to this in the past, but I've never really shown you a proper picture. So can you see this as well as you possibly can? Uh, here's a big tent, that's the tent of meeting, also known as the tabernacle. And Israel lived on a campsite, it was a giant campsite, and they were in the desert. They were, they were nomadic for a while. And you see, the, so here's the, the orange tents, this is them living all around the, the, the tent of meeting and I'm going to come a bit further so you guys at the back have a chance. Um, inside the tent of meeting, that's where God said, I'm going to dwell with you. And there were two rooms in the tents. So you've got the holy place. It's a slightly bigger one. That's where the priests could go to offer their sacrifices. Very important. But then you've got the most holy place. You see this bolt of light here? That's the Ark of the Covenant. You couldn't go in there unless you were the high priest and unless it was once a year. So this is what we're dealing with today. Today, that's, you can go in But you've got to be super, super careful. That's the most holy place and it's only once a year. And as we've been seeing, let me try and stick this here. God is wanting them to dwell with him. He's inviting them. He's giving them all the laws and the ways they can do it. But he says, be careful. Tell Aaron he can't just go in there whenever he wants. Because it's the presence of God. So that's how the chapter begins, with a solemn warning. Then you get drawing near to God verses 3 to 14 so Aaron he, had, he was the high priest he was, he, remember he looked amazing most of the time he had like the, the silken woven embroidery stuff on him he had like robes, ephods he had gemstones on his chest and a gold plate on his forehead so incredible in the middle of the desert but once a year just tell him to wear some linen just like plain linen he even talks about his linen underwear because like, I think he's supposed to be really humble he's just going to come before me as an ordinary man And then should we pick up the story at verse 6? Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it as a sin offering. But the goat chosen by Lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. Two goats, right? They're the main two animals to have in mind. Two goats. I can almost imagine them here. I went on holiday and I visited this little farm and they had two cute goats and I couldn't help thinking, huh, it's like in Israel. Uh, mega cute, but one of you's going to die. That didn't happen on my holiday, don't worry. But um, two goats, they're really significant on the Day of Atonement. This is actually where we get the word scapegoat. You know at work, if... Um, if the whole team is at fault but someone ends up getting the blame and getting disciplined or even fired, they're the scapegoat, right? They get the blame. And that's exact, this is where we get the word scapegoat from in English. It's from this passage because the live goat is going to get the blame. Aaron first makes atonement for himself and his household, then for the most holy place, in verse 16, then for the tent and then for the altar kind of weird this I had to read it a few times he's, he's making atonement for the objects as well as for himself and his family and then for the people I think what's going on there is remember last week we talked about how the whole world is, is polluted it's like the fabric of creation is off kilter so I think what this is saying is because of sin because of human uncleanness like even the very objects that surround us are part of the fabric of creation so that's it's kind of it's a whole creation view coming into play there but then at the heart of the chapter is atonement from God. So one of our goats has died. Poor goat. And his, his blood gets sprinkled around the altar. So Aaron goes in and he, he sprinkles it symbolically to cleanse it. It's like this super spiritual detergent and he's even allowed to go into the most holy place. And then in verse 20, this happens. When Aaron has finished making atonement for the most holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar... He shall bring forward the live goat. So here's our remaining one. He is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all their sins to a remote place and the man shall release it in the wilderness. So two hands are laid on this poor poor animal you don't always get two hands in Leviticus but here, two hands pressed on its head and do you know what it says? All their sins transferred onto it all of their wickedness it's at pains to sort of say everything is going like a bank transfer from Israel onto this animal this is very important because here, this is where we get the idea in Christianity that you so, wow, would, would someone be able to transfer all of my guilt and wickedness onto themselves? That, that, I mean that sounds gruesome but, but sort of attractive if I could get rid of all my mistakes so that's where it's coming from And then this goat gets sent away out of the camp. So we've gone from the very heart of the whole operation, the most holy place, then back out through the entrance to the tabernacle, out through the Israelite camp, and then out into the wilderness as as far as you like. Never want to see that goat again. Which, in modern terms, is somewhat like a bin lorry. You You know, when the bin lorry comes once a week, once a fortnight... I, I like that day because these guys come and they just take away all my trash. They, they let all the stinky stuff, all my used tissues and all the gross stuff from a kitchen bin and everything that's mucky from the garden and it just gets you know, tipped into the bin lorry. Thank you, there's your empty bin back and bye. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I don't actually know where that bin lorry goes. Uh, it's probably some pretty landfill site somewhere, isn't it? And then maybe out of London, who knows? But I don't really mind, in a sense, you know? bye never see that stinky stuff again and there's a great picture there, a vivid picture that God gives his people I'm going to take all of your mistakes all of your sin all of your past that you regret I'm going to I'm going to drive it away you are not going to see it again wow it's supposed to be this vivid thing for Israel both the goats matter you have to have the blood but God then gives them this picture it's gone So there's atonement at the heart. Then um, <clears throat> verses 23 to 28, there are instructions for withdrawing from God. So the, the, the two men involved had to bathe carefully. And then at the end it says, this is to be a lasting ordinance from God. Verse 29, it's a lasting ordinance for you. On the 10th day of the seventh month, you must deny yourselves and not do any work, whether native-born or foreigner residing among you. So this is the Jewish calendar. That, that's for us September, October when the Jews still celebrate the day of atonement. It's called Yom Kippur. So you heard that that phrase amongst Jewish friends, Yom Day Kippur, atonement. So they're still doing it in obedience to Leviticus 16. Because on this day, verse 30, atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. So that's what happened. Israel, they had this annual day of atonement. It's very somber, it's very serious. And... You might be interested in drinking it all in. I imagine there's a few of you thinking, what? Uh, What is all this very involved ancient ritual and and religious detail? What's going on? Well, uh, let me try and give you the bottom line here. Israel needed to become keenly aware of God's holiness. It had to be. So God was trying to graciously drum it into them. And I know I keep going on about it, but it's really important for you if you're a Christian. The whole setup for the Day, day of Atonement is like saying, don't make Nadab's mistake again. Don't be an Abihu. I want you to dwell near me, but, but you're going to need to be clean and holy. So if I can try and illustrate it, imagine, imagine two ancient Israelites. Okay, so we've got um, careless Korah and we've got careful Caleb, Okay. So, two Israelites slightly different in, in temperament and approach uh, careless Korah she, she doesn't really think God is very holy she, she's part of Israel she lives in the camp but um, she hasn't got this view of him as pure and majestic and as a result she's, she's a bit careless you know, she doesn't take all this stuff too seriously not that bothered about atonement sometimes she hears someone say oh, talk about sin or wrongdoing but it sort of bounces off her because she hasn't got that basic category of holiness there but then we've got, got careful Caleb and he's taken on board the fact that God is holy he's a consuming fire Caleb needs to be meticulous and listen to what's said sometimes Caleb's pride tells him that he's not a sinner and he's, he's not so bad indeed he does do some good things but when that happens he, he tries not to compare himself to other people because there's always a pecking order that you can slot yourself into with other people but he compares himself to God That's why I say to you, you know, whenever we come to the confession in church every week, think less about other people, think more about God. How can I possibly stand before God? And then sometimes Caleb's conscience gets to him and he thinks, well, how could I possibly have done enough? And that's when he looks forward to the Day of Atonement. Because once a year, he got this great reassurance from God. But I've taken it all away. Did you see that goat go into the wilderness? It's gone. It was like a great big spring clean for careful Caleb. You know, I, let me just reassure you, everything is wiped away. So, so careless Korah, she didn't really think she needed atonement because she didn't really believe in the holiness of God, but careful Caleb did. So Israel, they had this annual day of atonement. And secondly, Christians have a one-time day of atonement and this is what I really want to talk to you about Christians have a one time day of atonement would you turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9 it's near the back on page 1207 Hebrews chapter 9 start at verse 6 when everything had been arranged like this the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry but only the high priest entered the inner room And that only once a year and never without blood which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. Just pause there. Can you tell what's going on? This is is way back towards the back of the Bible but it's talking about this. So he's talking about the most holy place, the inner room. He's talking about once a year. He's talking about high priests. He's talking about the day of atonement, Right? And the high priest can only go in once a year, never without blood. Okay, so far? Okay. Verse nine. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. If you can just feel free to just leave this next section if, if you're tired but if you, if you want it the earthly tabernacle was a copy, a replica, a model of the true tabernacle which is heaven it still blows my mind so God is saying there, there is a real holy place in the universe it's called heaven it's where Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of the Father that's the true holy place and I gave you guys this earthly copy the earthly tabernacle so that you'd get the hang of it you'd get the idea of what it's like to approach me but verse 11 when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands that is to say is not a part of this creation he did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood so obtaining eternal redemption the blood of, bo- of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean how much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God my friends this is saying that when Jesus Christ died he was the climax he was the super offering he was the ultimate day of atonement It's why when Jesus dies on Good Friday which is the Christian day of atonement the curtain in the temple is torn in two. Do you know that bit? It it says very visually in the Gospels what Hebrews says with loads and loads of words uh, so that not just the high priest is allowed in here but all of you who are holy through Jesus Christ. It's why we don't do animal sacrifices anymore because why would you need to? Why would you take the, the precious blood of the great high priest and sort of just top it up a little bit I, I, just, I might need some more animal sacrifices because Jesus didn't really do enough don't you dare I mean that actually becomes offensive doesn't it because you've got this amazing day of atonement it's why we say it communion you know when we do communion once a month here and we say those there's just loads of words but it's trying to draw out the full perfect sufficient sacrifice oblation and satisfaction offered once for the sins of the whole world it's why we include the word propitiation because that Old-fashioned word is the theological hook. It's the thing. That, it's the thing that says God's wrath is satisfied as it gets poured out on these innocent animals, and they're the substitute for our sins. It's why we don't celebrate Yom Kippur. I mean, that's not really a thing, is it? We're not really looking forward to that in September, October, but we look forward to Easter every year because that's the Day of Atonement. It's like an endless, um, a never-to-be-repeated, one-time game changer. Um, if I can put it this way hopefully this is not from the sublime to the ridiculous I went to the cinema uh, last year and I saw this film called uh, DC League of Super Pets anybody, anybody seen that film? Oh, dear. (laughs) Well, let me tell you. So you've got your superheroes like um, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and they're all well-known in in the silver screen, but then uh, apparently they they can have pets. And the whole movie is uh, riffing on the idea that what if they had super pets and they had powers too? And so along come your super pets, and they're battling against this evil guinea pig, which is kind of icing on the cake, isn't it? Um, But they keep talking the super pets about the solar paw punch and this is like this great um, climactic move that no one's ever done before but if a, if a superhero pet was to fly into the center of the sun you know like a superhero then they would like absorb all the energy from the sun and they they could deliver one you know like one solar paw punch like they would just kill whichever body was in front of them but so they they would have to die because you can't fly into the center of the sun and deliver the solar poor punch and survive and well, it's like a little ray of sunshine just appeared then, <laughs> just as we're talking about this. Um, at the end of the movie, spoiler, massive spoiler, but it doesn't look like you're that bothered. Um, <laughs> the, the superheroes get locked up by the baddies, so they can't, they can't fight evil themselves, so it's down to the pets. And um, the Crypto, the dog, he, he flies into the center of the sun, sucks up all the sun's energy and delivers this solar poor punch, which obliterates the evil threat, but Crypto dies. And it's something like that, you know, the Day of Atonement, it's like winding up to this, w- like, big, sacrificial, once and for all, can we just please finish with sin forever? It's like, this is the move that the whole Bible is building up to. And you, you get it in Leviticus 16, but it's not complete, because every year it has to happen again. So it's, it's not a total atonement, because every year they would have been thinking, well, how have I stuffed up this year? and really need that Day of Atonement to come back. But then Jesus comes along and delivers the solar poor punch to evil. He reverses the curse on creation so that blessings start to flow instead. He he, he does it. He wraps it up. Just for what it's worth, I think he represents both goats. So if you're interested, I think he is both the dead goat and the live goat. And I think you need both to make atonement. So you need the blood of the atoning goat to pay for your sins. But then God gives them this visual illustration that says, and now watch it go." And Jesus gives you that as well. Jesus, dead in the tomb. taken your sins. It won't come back. Let's try and wind this all up, shall we? Christians have a one-time day of atonement. What does it mean for us? Well, I think it means that a Christian will be clean and humble and obedient. I just say something about those three, and then we'll finish. Uh, clean, humble and obedient. I know I put something else on your sermon sheet forgive me uh, but let's do it this way this simple way firstly a Christian will be clean Leviticus 16 ends by saying in verse 30 on this day atonement will be made for you to cleanse you then before the Lord you will be clean from all your sins so it just wants to finish up talking about cleanness or as we saw last week the New Testament wants to transpose that and say holiness you will be holy so a Christian will be clean indeed I, I would say they will be holy There's nothing extra required. You were just declared clean, indeed holy. I don't know about you, but I I grew up going to church, and for years, my family was basically told, you need to come back to church every Sunday so that you can be clean again. Because you might have stuffed up during the week, or you might have sinned, and you need to come to um, Mass, as as we called it back then, and and then you'll, you'll sort of atone for your sins. Can you see that? That is not what's going on here. God does the atonement. God does the wiping away. He offers it to you as a one-time gift. So it's for all your past sins. It's for all your future sins, which you haven't even committed yet. And it's for all the the pollution and uncleanness in the world. So he just wipes it all away. It's amazing. If you were coming off drugs, it's, it's really hard to be able to say, I'm clean now. Because that takes such effort, such willpower. But... Jesus actually offers you to to every sin addict he says I'm going to do that for you you are clean now and now come and live for me. So a Christian is clean secondly a Christian will be humble. Leviticus 16.31 says it is a day of Sabbath rest and you must deny yourselves. There, There was to be a sort of sober humility about the day of atonement which would have been really serious actually they, they were told to, Look, stop your day jobs don't, don't go to work that day we're all going to have a bank holiday and we're going to watch this goat one of them gets killed one of them gets led out can you imagine I mean it would have been it would have been really somber wouldn't it I can't imagine anyone's cracking jokes at this time as all the Israelites line up and they form a little tunnel or a gap and they watch this goat go I think it would have been silence like you could have heard a pin drop This is animal moving out, having received all the sins and wickedness of the people of Israel. So a Christian will be humble and, and there's a there's a clue there. It, look, it doesn't mean you have to go and join a monastery or a convent, it doesn't mean you have to sort of wear hessian or sackcloth to show your humility. It doesn't mean you have to go around talking about sin in every sentence, but there's an awareness that, that you and God are not naturally compatible, but he's made it okay, he's made atonement. I heard one pastor say he listens to people's testimony. He loves to hear people's Christian story. And he says, I love hearing about their faith in Jesus. I love hearing about their life before and how it's different now. But interestingly, he said, I really listen out for when God humbled them. He said, I want to know whether they've registered the severity of what what the gospel says to them. That should have been me, but it's not maybe you reflect on that in your own story for me I think there are two moments in my life where God really humbled me so a Christian will be clean a Christian will be humble and thirdly a Christian will be obedient and uh, what follows the day of atonement is just a load of laws and we'll, we'll get to that from next week onwards for chapters 17 to 27 but it's very striking God makes them clean I've atoned for you and now I just want to encourage you to live for me and we'll explore that. But you see the way that comes around. I've, I've saved you, I've, I've propitiated my wrath and now I want you to live for me. Instead of having to obey God, we get to obey God. More on that next week. I'd love to finish by um, reading with you the first verse of our last hymn do you have that and can it be and it's, it's printed here on your sheet so I suggest that this is our closing prayer today so we're just going to read the first verse um, and can it be all the way down to Shouldst die for me and this is, this is our prayer to God the, the amazing wonder of having an interest in Jesus' own blood you ready can you see it if you want to join in Let's pray together. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Saviour's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Amen.